Pokémon. like well how are you <laughs> i'm good yeah <laughs> I, I, it's, it's been a a crazy non-stop like go go it's like one of those days where i've been going non-stop since 9 a.m mm. and like i in my head it's 6 p.m so I, I have no idea how it's suddenly 10 p.m so i'm like oh but it's been good um i started a tarot shop business yeah. so it's an online tarot shop called cat's cottage on etsy and Instagram, and I am doing tarot reading. So if y'all want a tarot reading by me, go on Etsy and type in Cat's Cottage 3 and look at me and support your local witch bitch. But I'm excited. And I'm going to do a campaign for it through my company, which will be cool. So I Oh, nice. Where are you starting? Like, are you selling tarot cards? So I'm, I'm selling readings. So I'm doing, like, virtual online yes. readings for people. And then I'm going to eventually sell, um, like, crystals and herbs and tarot cards and all that fun stuff. Oh, yay, cool. I just need cool. to get, like, an LLC first, which I'm going to do. I just haven't had time this week because I have been so busy doing everything else. Yeah. But I'm probably going to do it, like, tomorrow. So, yeah, so Cat's Cottage, everybody. I think that name's adorable. Oh, that is it's a great Cat's name, Cottage Channa. Tarot yeah. Shop. But on Etsy, it's Cat's Cottage 3. Thank you, everybody. Three. Because, <laughs> you know, because Cat's Cottage 1 and 2 were both taken. Those and then I kept on searching for them, and I couldn't find their accounts anywhere. And I was like, you bitches. Those and I'm fucking Cat's bitches. Those fucking cunts. And then on my Etsy page, Simone and S'mores are listed as my assistants. Oh. <laughs> and there's pictures of them. And it's cute. That's so, so cute. Yay. Yes. Yay. So how do you do it on Etsy? How do you sell a service on Etsy? I thought you could so only sell, like you know items so you so yeah you're it's technically a good so i'm selling it so i'm like selling different forms of reading so for example like a one question reading and then they select the type they want because there's different spreads uh -huh. and that dictates like how much it costs and basically what i do is i send them the reading like a pdf of the reading through uh their email and through the message and i just mark oh, it as shipped and it's completely nice oh okay and cool. then i also am doing um virtual tarot reading so if people want to do like a skype or zoom session with me we can do that as well so if they want to like see me while we do it but it's cool because i got inspired because i saw someone on etsy that was doing a tarot reading and i was like that's cool as shit and so i looked it up and people do it and i'm like that's fucking genius because it makes it so like approachable and affordable for everybody because it's it's cheap it's like it's really great pricing for yeah what you're get, getting so it's really cool so i'm amped about it and cat's cottage is the cutest name i've ever thought of in my life well no that's like a really good name <laughs> yeah so i'm really excited by it <laughs> yeah yeah, it's good enough that like Brad was like, "Wow, that's a good name." And yeah, I like, he hates the spooky shit. And I was like, "Thank you, name. Brad." Yeah, it's <laughs> such a fucking good name. Okay. Tarot time. Yay, tarot time. Or wait, no, you have to say you have to say like welcome. Oh my god, we haven't even done that yet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even done that. <laughs> Am I drunk? Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite podcast, Cats Caught It. I'm just kidding. <laughs> welcome to your favorite <laughs> podcast. Anyways, how's your sex life? We're your slutty hosts. I'm Channa. And I'm Corey. 
and welcome y'all what up we like Happy. we're like in work this season our name is cat's cottage pod in this season of, of anyways has your sex life <laughs> <laughs> we become psychics <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Happy post-Halloween. Hope you guys are not as depressed as we are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's post-Halloween blues, so I'm, like, pretty much, like, oh, I hate everything. I don't know. I've actually been pretty good. Yesterday or today, I was looking outside, and I was like, you know what? I'm excited for Thanksgiving. It'll be fun. Um, Yeah, we'll just see what what happens. But I'm, I'm pretty, like... I'm pretty sad that it's not Halloween anymore. <laughs> All I know is post-Halloween blues sounds like a Lana Del Rey song. Um, yeah, that should be a post-Lana Del Rey song <laughs> where it's just like me. I'm like featured for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, me crying. <laughs> in the ghost costume. Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Friday outside. Night Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> oh, All my right. God. Instead of white dress, it's like white mask. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. Okay, well, let's get into tarot time, right? Tarot time, tarot time, tarot time, tarot time, tarot time. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, shut the fuck up. All right, everybody, here's some ASMR. Yes. Oh, all right. So yeah, let's all just like settle down and think about our Halloween blues and then think about how this tarot time can help us through our Halloween blues. So, once again, this is just the daily tarot, tarot, or for y'all, like a weekly tarot. It's just something that you guys should focus on. So just take a minute, take a breath, and just focus and listen to what the cards are telling you. I have, oh shit, A, B, and C. A being over here on my left, B being the middle, C being on my right where my microphone is. How do you want me to put this back together? I want C on top, and then A in the middle, and then B on bottom. Ooh. Ooh. Are you, you still have top energy right now yeah i'm like i'm like whatever i'm like both nice halloween's over so (laughs) i'm not a top anymore (laughs) yeah that's you're like i am now a power bottom once again all right we everybody got the eight of swords swords again y'all are (laughs) y'all we're just getting fucked (laughs) okay well this is the not the best card. Yeah, <laughs> so, man. It's Halloween sur- blues. <laughs> sur- yeah, literally. Um, surrounded by obstacles and threats on all sides, you find yourself the victim. You see Same. no way out. No available choices. Your Hall- perceptions yep. keep <laughs> your perceptions keep you from opening your wings and taking flight. Oh what God. keeps you suspended here? Yourself? Others? The Eight of Swords <laughs> demands an answer. You cannot hang here for much longer. Yourself is like bolded and underlined like eighteen yeah. times. Yourself, Corey? Is it you? <laughs> Uh, all i heard was halloween blues <laughs> yeah halloween blues fuck you so the image is a butterfly with its r- wings wrapped around it all tight hanging oh. on a branch all precariously hanging over swords pointing at but it's it. in a cocoon it's, it's in its wings it's like hiding because it's sad girl mode oh and it's like, but I'm it looks like a cocoon right it's the wings, can you show it to me cocoon. Yeah, but it's, like, in the shape of a cocoon, but it is its wings. So there's, like, potential, but it's, like, hey, you need to, like, look inside yourself. Yeah, man. Yeah. And get through those post-Halloween blues. Yeah, for my positive spin on this, because I know this can be kind of a dark card and, like, a kind of a scary card, but... You're hanging on. Like, the fact is, you are still hanging on right now. You're feeling a little sad, but you're still okay, and you're still here. Keep on holding on and take a breath, and you got this, and you'll be okay. 
and we'll get through those Halloween blues together so we can get to Christmas depression, which is the best time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get Christmas depression? Yeah, because every year I get a little bit older and I realize that Christmas is not as magical. So every year I get sad. (laughs) I get a little melancholic, but that's just because, yeah, it makes you think of the past. But I I don't get the depression like a lot of people do, I guess. That's true. Yeah, and then I also think like, wow, I'm just getting older, and that means my grandparents are getting older, which means they're going to die one day, and I'm going to have a Christmas without them, and that's why I'm in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's fine. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. (laughs) But yeah, so that's tarot time. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's the the real big sad after that, which is (laughs) the the last half of January and all of February. (laughs) Yeah, and then Corey's birthday. Yay, and then my birthday, and then we're okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. great. It's practically your birthday then. Happy 31st. Pretty much. You're like, fuck you, Because the depression will just like time dilate or like time shrink. And so we just won't even remember anything. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of your birthday, today I had to explain to somebody what a dirty 30 was. And really? It was awesome. They're like, what's a dirty 30? I was like, orgy. And they're like, like, orgy. What? And I was like, orgy. And they're like, what is that? Are you serious? I was like, yeah, orgy. <laughs> and then I just left it there and I walked away. <laughs> like, bye. <laughs> yeah, it was an orgy. You, you know how it is. You know how we be. You just pick up your iced coffee and walk away. Bye. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's it. That's what it is. Okay, That's well, let's get to my, my faggot fact, my affogato fact. Speaking of dirty 30s. Speaking of dirty 30s. Okay, mine today is about the penis plant. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of dirty 30s. Did y'all, yeah, did y'all hear that the penis pant? plant bloomed did y'all see that like post what type of porno are you watching (laughs) that's the news y'all 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 worry about election and i worry about penis plants blooming okay yeah Corey gets his news exclusively from pornhub (laughs) oh yeah yeah literally exclusive like sometimes from buzzfeed if i'm feeling intellectual but like (laughs) mostly from mostly from pornhub it's good yeah since tumblr is dead now we only get our news from tiktok buzzfeed and uh, Pornhub. And Pornhub, so, like, yeah. exclusively. Not even Twitter. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, just last week, in the greenhouse at the University of Leiden, um, in, in the Netherlands, um, uh, oh. this, like, super rare plant that's known as the penis plant bloomed. Okay? So, why Yay. is this interesting? One, it looks like a fucking dick. Two, <laughs> it doesn't really bloom that often because it's, it's, it's native to Indonesia, um, and so it's like super used to humid, very warm environments. And so it like doesn't bloom that often in like Europe, Europe or Western culture. So we don't really see it. We don't really know about its existence, but botanists and people who want to study it will like, you know, have planted it in greenhouses in Europe, but sometimes it just never really blooms and it, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't happen because it, it doesn't feel safe or whatever. I don't know. Oh my God, Corey, wait, yes. are you a botanist now? Yeah, man, I'm a fucking botanist. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Like, fucking step oh, step to the side, Miss Sprout. I'm the fucking herbology professor now. <laughs> yeah, suck our dick, Audrey, too. Oh it my God, Corey, what though. is the, like, magical Harry Potter penis, pan- penis plant equivalent? Uh... So you have, man, you have mandrakes and oh, gillyweed okay. and shit, but, like, what's the penis plant... It's called so so the the scientific name is called Amorphophallus decus syllabae. No That's not real. Is that real? Ah, that just made me drop my phone cuz I'm like so shook about this. <laughs> yeah, it's oh my called God, that is 
Amorphophallus decus silvae or silvea? Sylvania. It's phallic dick saliva. It's like <laughs> no, suck it on my literally fucking dick, is. bitch. <laughs> yep. The decus, I don't know. Maybe that might be like to 10 or something. Who fucking knows? Okay, guys, we don't know. It's fine. Corey, but you're a botanist. So yeah. whatever you see right now is fact. <laughs> okay, it literally means it means phallic dick saliva. <laughs> yeah, we don't make the rules. 10 dick saliva. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it'll be. Because phallus yeah. is already phallic. It's already dick. So decus yeah. will be like for deca. So that'll be 10. So it's going to be 10 dick saliva. That's its name. <laughs> okay. So we're like getting really close to, oh, and then it evolves to the bukake plant. Bukake <laughs> The <bleh>. bukake plant. <laughs> yeah. The bukake plant where it's just like a circle of these plants who bloom at the same time. And then on its like final. A rose push. Its final form is just dirty 30. <laughs> yeah. Plant. It's just Corey. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> um. So yeah, it. So it hasn't really bloomed in Europe forever because of what I explained. It is native to Indonesia. It likes a warm, humid environment to feel safe. Um, and Same. so the last time that it bloomed in the Western world, so in Europe or the, in the United States, was in 1993. Oh, I yeah. was not born yet. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or oh, sorry, 1997. My bad. I don't know why I said 1993. <laughs> I, was, I was born. I you was were born. Two. You I was were born. It. You were there. Um, I was existing. You were, you were like literally in that like fuck. You were like also a botanist in the fucking like greenhouse doing shit. I so was, I was a two year old botanist. It was real cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the penis plant was planted six years ago by Rodmer uh, Postma. Uh, employees at the garden uh, just this past in September realized that the plant was flowering. The bud grew to be more than three feet tall. And then the stem, which is the one that's like, looks like a fucking dick, was more than six <laughs> feet high. Okay, Tyler, we see you. <laughs> so it's the Tyler. Yeah. Oh my God. I forgot the real, the real scientific name was Amorphophallus decus Tyler Salave. <laughs> yeah. Tilar. Got to pronounce T-lar. it Tilar. Um, so. You sometimes it'll like grow and get big, but it won't really bud or it won't um, it won't bloom and the flowers won't bloom out of the like six feet high stem. However, it will also always give off like a really shitty odor. Um, And the flowering process has two parts. (laughs) In the first part, uh, the plant heats up and begins emitting a smell um oh, that is gum. close to rotting flesh and y'all have also heard of a its sister plant which is called the corpse plant the both vagina. of them look like huge dicks literally if you just look up the corpse plant and the penis plant you'll get like the same pictures but they're two different plants um so pollinators such as flies are then attracted to this rotting flesh smell they'll get onto the six foot high dick stem and then the penis plant f- flowers and produces pollen from this stem, which then covers the insects and they go and pollinate, you know, their other flowers, you know, and so on and so forth until we all die. So, so now would be a great time for everyone to pause and go listen to the song Reproduction from Greece 2. Thank you. Or just watch the video of reproduction because they just talk about plants pollinating and it's about reproduction and that's all i can hear. Really? Right now, oh my god. I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen Greece all the way through. Even Greece 1. There's no one. reason to ever watch Grease or Grease 2 all the way through, but go on YouTube and just type in Reproduction Grease 2 and just watch the Oh, clip. yeah, it's, watch that YouTube It's clip. a good time. Wow. And a bad time. So uh, Susan Pell, 
the deputy executive director of the U.S. Botanical Garden. <laughs> Damn. Okay, girl. Okay, girl. Get it. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, was quoted by CNN, and this is her description of why the plant takes its time to bloom. So that uh, this is like a quote from her. She says that bloom is just using up all of the energy that has been stored in the corm. So I had to look up what a corm is because don't fucking tell me that you knew what corm was. <laughs> <laughs> so a corm is a bulbal tuber, which is basically like um, it's a plant stem that serves as a storage organ to, so that they can survive. So that the plant <laughs> can survive the winter. So basically Ooh, like when you up. eat a an onion or you eat garlic, that is a corm. You're eating a corm. Oof. Yeah, bitch. So get those fucking corms. Oh, Give me, oof. you know, when that recipe says four corms of garlic, we want fucking eight. <laughs> I want, yeah, 69 bukake garlic yeah. all up in my pasta <laughs> all in my dish, pasta dish, bitch. So, um, so that's a corm. And so in order to bloom again, this is back to her, her quote. She says, so in order to bloom again, that corm has to produce a series of leaves over somewhere between probably three and 10 or 12 years. So it takes about three to 10 years or three to 12 years in order to get enough energy built back up in the corm to support that bloom. So literally down in its little balls, it just like stores for three to 12 years. It stores up <laughs> energy enough so that it can bloom that six inch dick. That's we literally what it. she says. We get it. <laughs> so we fucking get it. It's a fucking penis. <laughs> the, the, it literally looks like the most like porno no, penis. I've no, ever literally. Seen it's life. like a fucking porno. It's like a fucking just Dick. Like someone has one hundred percent shoved that up their coochie. Oh without god! Without a doubt in my yeah, mind. Yeah, you know what's 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 their name? What's this girl's name? The person who planted it. Um. Or oh no, Rudmer Postma. You know, you know they put that up their orifice. The person that you just <laughs> talked about, who is like the oh Susan Pell. Of, yeah. Yeah. You think <laughs> we she see did you. it? We see you. Mm-hmm. The way she's talking about it. And then it, bl- and it has enough energy There's to like bloom. A, mm. Her eyes are just lit up as she says yeah. this. <laughs> oh, you know who plays her in this movie in my mind right now? Do you remember the porn star that looks like Leslie Nope in Parks and Rec? What? It's like, the, the, like, it's the, like the ongoing Did you just ask gag. me a question if I knew a female porn star? <laughs> in Parks and Rec. You've seen Parks and Rec. You like yeah. that show. Yeah. Okay, you know how oh. Leslie Nope has like the porn star that looks just like her, but she somehow is more successful than Leslie Nope? Oh, I actually do not know that storyline. I don't remember that storyline at all. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Anyways, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's my fault. That's who, that's who I imagine. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's okay. <laughs> you are the problem. How dare you not recognize this weird Parks and Rec reference at 10:30 p.m. after a bottle of champagne? After like four years of watching it once. <laughs> yeah, you fucking bitch. <laughs> um. So yeah. So since there's not another penis plant in the Netherlands. They will send. They they're gonna collect the pollen that this bloom produced, and they're gonna take that pollen and give it to another penis plant to pollinate other penis plants in different gardens around Europe. Oh, that's so cute. So they're just sperm that's... donating. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. Like literally sperm donating. It's fine. Okay, cool. So that's the penis plant. It bloomed. It bloomed like eight days ago, I think, or like last week, something like that. So we kind of missed it. You can go look at it. If you just search penis plant bloom, I'm sure it'll pop up. You can read the story all over the place. Look at the pictures. It's fun. Yay. Gay shit. We're done. I'm done. Gay gay rights. Gay botany. Gay botany. I'm done. (laughs) Chenna, I'm so excited to see you. 
Yeah. I'm so excited to see you. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. Yeah, Halloween ex- was so sad without you. It was just so weird without What'd you. What'd y'all do? We, Chris and I, all day Saturday, watched Halloween movies. Uh-huh. And then... What'd y'all watch? Um, we watched... Um, Oh, first, so we continued watching the live-action Scooby-Doo movies because we thought that would be ridiculously fun. Are they and f- we were right. I love the live-action Scooby-Doos with all my heart and soul. Well, so. but I'm sure also being queer, you could you could appreciate them even as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we watched a ton of Halloween movies. So we did the live-action Scooby-Doo because they're my absolute. I just love them. I just fucking love them. Um, we did Clue while we carved pumpkins. Like, so couldn't watch Halloween. It just, I couldn't do it. I'm just Why? so weird with my traditions. It just made me sad. Cause I think because oh. this Halloween was a particularly sad for me because I missed out on all of October. And so I just, like, couldn't do all my normal stuff because it just made me even oh, more sad. Yeah, Cause yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I couldn't even do anything else. But Clue while I, while we carved pumpkins was really fun. That was no, super, yeah. super fun. And then we watched Practical Magic, of course. And then, yeah, Lost it's Boys. so much more. You know what? That's a, that was probably a better choice because Clue is so much more auditory than visual. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of visual fun to it, but a, more of the comedy is in is in the in the in the, the audio. Whereas Halloween, yeah, I was like carving my pumpkin, and then I'd look over and be like, "Fuck that shot! Fuck my oh my fucking god, Michael Myers! Fuck!" And then I'd be like, Amen. "Oh, I haven't carved for like ten minutes." <laughs> yeah. Whereas Clue, you can be like, "Oh yeah, like hello, yeah, like yeah. this is hilarious." <laughs> yeah, and like you just saw Tim Curry, and I just I love Clue. It's just such like a feel good, happy. I just love it. Oh, it's such a fun movie. Whoever does, whoever's like, I don't like Clue. I'm like immediately, Your I bitch. have no interest in making you a friend. <laughs> One hundred percent. And then we watched. Hold on, I have my whole list. Halloween, and then Halloween. Oh, sorry, Halloween Town, and then Halloween Town Two. Because obviously. <laughs> okay. Then, okay. Question. Wait. Serious question. Yeah. Halloween Town or Halloween Town Two: Calabar's Revenge. Which one's your Hall- favorite? Halloween Town Two. One hundred. Oh, oh my God! Thank you. We're so on the same page. Thank you. <laughs> this is why we're. Whoever so is like Halloween Town, I'm like you're a fucking a bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah, the kids are bitches. The mom's a bitch. Yeah, everyone's a bitch in the first. Like one. literally, the only good thing about Halloween Town is that it introduces Halloween Town. <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. The wait is even is the skull taxi guy in the first one? Yeah, he's in the first one. He's he, in the you first just like one? see him for like a couple minutes though. But first he's one. in the second one, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. Good, good. I love him. Yeah. Um, and then we watched Sleepy Hollow, Obvi. Oh, fuck yeah. And then Hocus Pocus. And then most importantly, Chris finally finished Haunting of Hill House with me. So this <gasps> is my third time watching it and his very first time watching it. And he loved it. He had terrible nightmares for days oh, after. I'm but so he did sure. love it. And I, I, just, I just loved it. And once again, I am in love with Olivia. Once again, I just want to wear spooky ass nightgowns around my house. Yes, uh, that's it. And it was it was fun. So that actually took up the majority of our Saturday because we had your, like who is your favorite? Left. Who is your favorite child the first time, and who is your favorite child the second time? My favorite child the first time was Luke, uh-huh. and then my favorite <gasps> child the second time was Theo. Oh my god! <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah, it's like we're the same person. It's fine. You you gay gas? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I literally, yeah, fucking gay guys. We're Seriously, like acting shocked. The first time like Luke, I was like dying every scene, and then yeah. the second time I was like, "Wait, Theo's the fucking the fucking bad bitch. Like she's the main yeah. bitch. She's, and the, she's, she's the most the, cool. She's the final girl. <laughs> she's the final girl. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. 
And the one I'll always care the least about is sadly Cheryl. Like I love her, but uh-huh. I just I don't like Cheryl and Steve are tied. I mean, I love Nell, but they're just Steve's a dick. I think but I think he's more. Yeah, I think Steve is the one that the show least cares about. Yeah. I care about Cheryl a lot because Cheryl is the quintessential type A, like a thousand percent type A. She reminds me of my sister Lindsay. Yeah. And so whenever I see Cheryl, I see Lindsay and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. And I like super empathize. And this has helped me like, this has helped me interpret my family through Lindsay and that's my relationship cool. to, to Lindsay. So that's why I like Cheryl. I do like Cheryl a lot. She's always a solid second or third, but yeah. I think, I mean, Steve is just too fucking gorgeous mean. to not like them. <laughs> oh me mean yeah <laughs> he is a little bit of a mean bitch but i, but I just love nell because like I, oh yeah, nell is beautiful just love nell. yeah yeah but i i i like cheryl because i i love her story of her becoming like owning a morgue and like finding out why yeah and the perfection yeah 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 um and like how she handled the kitty's death and stuff i like i i see a lot of things about myself and cheryl uh, but I just felt like um, the other characters had some more interesting stuff going on. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, true. Uh, did you did you f- watch Midnight Mass or what have you watched? No, I did not watch Midnight Mass yet because I have been spending every waking moment with Kyle and Chris since we've all, since we've all had COVID. Yeah, and they both did not want to watch Midnight Mass, and since I haven't been alone Why? and. I haven't watched it, and then I don't want to watch it. Like the only times I am alone is like super late at night, and I'm yeah. like, I don't want to watch this by myself. No, yeah. Super late at night. Um, you could watch it. It's not like scary, scary. Okay, yeah, because I want to, but I just haven't really like. Yeah, uh-uh. I just haven't had any time. You, by uh, myself. Uh, uh, Chris could watch it too, if he watched oh, Hill House. Good. Yeah, Midnight Mass is half as scary as Hill House. That's good. Yeah, yeah, he said Hill House is the scariest. He said he never wants to watch anything as scary as Hill House ever yeah, again. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Hill House is terrifying. <laughs> oh, you should have seen her. Well, during you know when Nell screams in the car, yeah. I always scream. Like it's the only horror thing ever that's made me actually scream out loud. Uh, the insidious and, like, face react- has made me scream out loud. Yes. Ah! <laughs> me yeah. immediately. Yeah. But I like screamed, and Chris, I like he was so freaked, and I felt so bad. Like oh, immediately, what did he say? I was like. It, just the look on his face. Like, you know, you look at someone, you're like, oh, that's actual real, real fear. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was that. And I was like, I'm oh, a bad friend. Oh, no. <laughs> Did y'all have to pause it? Or did you keep going? We kept going. Oh, good. Because it's followed up by, like, a really heartfelt monologue. Yeah. From and then Simone, And then Simone came over. And Simone was like, hey, it's Aww. okay. Everyone calm Aww. down. That's She's so like, cute. hey, everybody. I've been through this before. Can you feed me food? Because I hate fish now. Thank you. Um, Simone. <laughs> right. Well, let's get into my part. Yes, since we let's just go. For ten minutes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we just miss each other so much. Okay, let's continue with Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer. So today yes. is part two of three, everybody. So next week will be the final super gory, disgusting bits and pieces. Um, so this week we're just talking about you know the the middle stuff, the the. The, the, the chillax stuff, the, yeah. The mayonnaise and mustard and salt and pepper of the Ed Kemper sandwich. Because last Simone. week we talked about the bread. Oh, that's s'mores. Oh, that's s'mores. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't see their face. That's how I can tell them. She's done playing with her boyfriend, Dexter. Sorry, s'mores. She's looking at me like, why are you talking about my boyfriend? Why are you forcing me to be straight? <laughs> you guys Aww. are queer. Hey, you can have a boyfriend and also be queer. That's true. I ha- Yeah, I get it. I've had boyfriends and I yeah. am queer. Oh. oh my god, are you bisexual or a pansexual? I'm oh. so proud. 
It's going to be such a tragedy if my kid ends up being straight. Ugh. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that we have this beautiful, queer, safe world that surrounds us. Like, we've built a very great network of friends. So when I talk to, like, the occasional straight, I just, like, forget it's crazy. that they exist. It's yeah, crazy. It's yeah. so crazy. Chana, like, especially, like, not working with you. Like, it's just like, wait, what? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> like it's, just some sales guy was like, I did I tell you when that sales guy like two months ago was like, hey, like, did people get have people given you shit for your gay voice? And I'm like, what? Oh! what? Oh, you, oh, my God. What is this? 2002? No. Yeah. Oh I mean, God. that was he didn't say that, but he was like, whatever. We don't need to go into it. But I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, but that's some like 2002 homophobic I'm shit like, does right there. Give you, does anybody give you shit for being a piece of shit straight dude? Yeah, does anyone give you shit for your snapbacks, bro? Mm-hmm. You vape, ho? <laughs> I'm getting all offended. We're the problem too now. I'm like, right. fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, going back to Ed Kemper, the code killer. So, yeah, so this is the, the condiments of the Ed Kemper sandwich. Last week we did the bread. Today's yes. the condiments. Next week is the meat. The meat. All the itty-gritty, yes. you know roast beef and cheese looking stuff and mayo dripping off yeah under your fucking like, under just fucking <laughs> crotch and then just blood and guts yes. and all that stuff so anyway so today is part two um <clears throat> so just to recap last week first of all if you did not listen to my last episode you're gonna want to pause you're a hoe your mom's a hoe None of this will be fun to you unless you listen to last week's episode. Because you're going to be like, why am I jumping in the middle of this guy getting out of prison? Like, go listen to last week. It's really interesting, his childhood. Because yeah. Ed Kemper is the is one of the serial killers where it really uh, starts that conversation about nature versus nurture. Yeah. He kind of breaks has, the mold. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has such a fucked up upbringing and like life but he's so smart because he has like genius level iq and that's that's pretty different for from normal serial killers but so it's definitely like a a nurture type of deal for ed kemper so it's fascinating learning about it so anyway so just to summarize ed kemper super abused by his mom his mom cuckoo kachu um constantly belittle belittles him emasculates him makes him feel like absolute shit um, divorced the his his dad, so her first husband, and then pretty much transferred the hatred she had for her husband onto him, and so she would like treat him like a abusive ex husband type of deal, mm. and then anytime she'd get remarried, any like her new husbands would hate him, um, but the mom the entire time just was absolutely obsessed and in love with his sister, so she just was like the best mom in the world to the sisters, and yet Ed never had any love or anything like that. That's Long story tough. short, abuse, 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 crazy, terrible things. He played, like, fucked up games with the sister. Eventually, he got banned to the basement. Terrible things happened, as as uh, happens in child abuse situations. So he runs away to his dad, only to find out that his dad has a brand new family and a brand new son. So his dad no longer gives a fuck about Ed. Ed feels abandoned again, goes to live with his grandparents. Grandparents treat him like shit, so the abuse continues. He had enough. At 15 years old, he murders his grandparents, and then he goes to a... <laughs> A, a, uh, <laughs> I just me- laughed, like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he murders his fucking grandparents in like the most brutal way ever. And then he goes to a state hospital. And so from 15 to 21, he spent that entire time in the state hospital. And he was able, uh, like I said, he had a like genius level IQ. So he's brilliant. Way Jenna, smarter. wait, pause. With your bangs what? in your eyes, you were given in the like black tank, you're giving like total like 90s, like hot Thank fucking you. scream vibes. Oh! <gasps> Just like, hell yeah. Sydney oh. Prescott. 
I'm so super excited. Yeah, bitch. I'm 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 getting emotional. About I know, that. Thank right? You. Yeah, you're giving me like total Sydney Prescott, Liv Campbell. Oh my god. <laughs> Nev Campbell. Tyler. Sorry. I'm like gonna I'm gonna I like force Tyler to come here. Tyler to like busts in like the fucking Yeah, he Kool-Aid man through my wall right <laughs> oh my god, now. Yes, That's what I'm say Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking Jim Jones yeah. and Kool-Aid He's man like, does someone time. say does Scream? Say? Does someone say Nev yeah. Campbell? Does someone say <laughs> Nev Campbell and Scream? He's like, I heard about the eight inch penis plant and so Hi, S'mores. Are you cuddling the microphone? She's like, I want to be part of this. Hey. Oh, she's purring. And she's making muffins. She's like, I want attention. <clears throat> so he spends 15, so from 15 to 21, he kicks it in the state med- medical hospital. Super smart. Way smarter than than me, <laughs> for sure. And so he was able to totally manipulate um, all of his psychologists and doctors, so much so where he ended up uh, being able to give out psychiatric evalu- evaluations to rapists and murderers and violent criminals. Jesus. Because they're like, you're such a star prisoner. You're such like a great member of society. You're just misunderstood, white boy. Ha ha. Um, then they pretty much said, this guy's good to go. He has no reason to ever be in prison because Ed Kemper <laughs> just learned how to trick the system. When he was not. <laughs> yeah. So then they release him, and the only thing the psychiatrist said, the only thing was when he gets released, make sure he does not live with his mother because all of the craziness started with his mom because he was incredibly abused. So what does our beautiful, perfect legal system do? Release him to his mother. And that catches us up to part two. That felt like a drunk history episode. It was fun. So Clarnell, who is his mother, she moved to Santa Cruz, California after her third divorce to work at the University of California, Santa Cruz. That's where my mom went for one second before I became a thing. Nice. Yay. So it didn't take long after Ed moved in with his mom for the abuse to start again. All of his childhood abuse started once again at 21 years old. At 21, damn. Ed later described the arguments he had with his mother around the time, stating the following. My mother and I started right in on horrendous battles just horrible battles violent and vicious i've never this been man, in such a vicious verbal battle with anyone this man shot and killed two people and he's just like chilling with his mom in santa cruz what the in fuck santa cruz. yeah what the now fuck 70s again. what the fuck right ted bundy's like woo woo, like in the <laughs> 70s current mood during this time oh my god so even though he's getting abused at home and that rage is filling inside of him again He knew that he needed to continue acting normal because he just did a perfect job of acting like the most perfect prisoner in the entire world. And that's the whole reason why he was even released at 21. And he knew he had to continue doing that. And so he had to act like everything was normal. He had to become that model parolee. So he enrolled in a community college and then he tried getting a job as a police officer. Now, this is an important fact about Ed Kemper, just to to put him in perspective. Ed Kemper is six foot nine inches and three hundred pounds. This dude's huge. He is really intimidating looking. Huge. Um, but he, so because of that, because of his size, he was disqualified because he exceeded both in the height and the weight requirements for the police. So between nineteen sixty nine and nineteen seventy one, he instead they're of like you as can a cop, be a total like chauvinist racist, but like if you're above six four, no. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, so, like, how do you feel about racism? Actually, we don't care. How tall are you? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> do you weigh more than 250 pounds? <laughs> yeah, they'll actually, when they ask you how you feel about Black Lives Matter, um, the correct answer is, 
hey, I'm actually in the height and weight requirements to be a cop. It actually, you should never even <laughs> reference anything at all because they don't give a shit. Do you care about is. people that don't look like you? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm actually 6'9", 300 pounds. <laughs> Just completely disregards. So since he couldn't get a job as a cop, um, between 1969A and 1971, he worked a series of odd jobs before finally landing a job with the California Department of Transportation. He worked on highways doing whatever they do on highways. Okay, yeah. Now, he also, and this is very important to remember, he also started frequenting a bar that police were known to go to. It was called um, the Jury Room. I think what? that's what it was called. So all the police would go there. And since Ed couldn't become a cop of his own, he decided to become friends with all the cops and all of the detectives in town. They, they loved him so much, they lovingly gave him the nickname Big Ed. And Ed, like Ed, he knew how to work the system, so he played along. He became that gentle giant Big Ed character to gain the trust of the police. So the police started confiding to him about their cases, what was going on in the city, crime scenes, etc. He became their like cathartic person, almost like their therapist to talk to after work at the bar. He's genius! He's fucking genius, y'all. So a year later, he was such a perfect parolee. All the cops love him. He's a, he's the gentle giant Big Ed. He's known around the city just to be fucking great. He has a job. You know, he totally sucked all the dicks of the psychiatrist at his, the state hospital. So they just absolutely love him. They were like, you know what? You should be, your parole should end early. And we should actually just expunge oh. all of your records. Because oh you're my, such a good oh citizen my, of oh society. That we feel like your record's holding you back, and we want you to continue being a light in Santa Cruz, California. So you're expunged. You're free to go. Thank you for your service. So did he, like, Christopher Nolan, like, incept that thought into their minds? Yeah. So, like, some major witchcraft voodoo. He's just, like, a manipulative genius. Because but was, was he ever, like, oh, hey, like, by the way, like, it'd be really cool if you got rid of the fact that I fucking shot my grandparents. <laughs> I'm sure he did because that's very like on par with the type of conversations. That and they're had. like, yeah, knew, we should expunge that. <laughs> yeah. Like he knew exactly how, what to say and when to say um, certain phrases to get what he wanted. Because we have to remember like normal serial killers, they like Ted Bundy, for example, they're so charming and already manipulative. So you take that mindset and then you add a genius level IQ and someone that has like a photographic memory. Like you add these very inc- like incredible qualities but then you t- make them dark yeah. and twisty with like murderous sociopath it's a deadly combo and so he is like a manipulative genius Fuck and yeah. he was i mean he was able to trick the entire state of california into thinking he was a great guy so his records got expunged and most of it's because he became friends with the cops it's about who you know and like he couldn't get a job as a cop so what did he do he went to where the cops hang out and he went to where the cops hang out and drink most importantly and so they could relax around him. You're Big Ed. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> so bitch. <laughs> ar- around this time, he saved up enough money to move out of his mother's house. Chana Jones, Ed Kemper, part two. Bitch. bitch. He's a fucking cunt. Cunt ass hoe. So he chilling with the cops. He finally had enough money from whatever he does on the highway. And he was able to move out of his mom's place. Yippee. So even though he lived away from his mom... His abusive mother continued to inflict emotional and sometimes even physical abuse still, even though he wasn't even living with her anymore. She called every single day, multiple times a day, Girl, nonstop. Chill. And if he didn't answer, if he didn't talk long enough, she would scream at him. 
She would just randomly show up at his apartment. She would expect him to show up at her apartment. She even demanded that he visited her at work. And she worked at the UC Santa Cruz University. And so she actually gave him like a parking stick, a parking pass. So it looks like he's a student and stuff. So people trusted him. That's important later for part three. Okay. So even though he moved out, he could not escape his mother. She was still everywhere everywhere still abusing the shit out of him it's continuing at 22 years old now that's so this weird abuse yeah it's still continuing you think and she would just want to be like like never see him again yeah but instead so this what this relationship really reminds me of is norma and norman bates from the Bates yeah. hotel if <gasps> oh norma God, was up. mean opposed to the super sweet manipulative norma yeah so like that's it's very much like that relationship so just kind of imagine that um yeah, just that that energy, that uh, vibe, that vibe that I'm just trying to think of the word relationship. No, it's like the way that method. I don't remember the word. Yeah, whatever. So just think of the Bates Motel. It's yeah. like that, but like times 10 and the absolute fuckery of it. So one day doing his highway job, whatever it is that people do on highways, <laughs> uh, a car hit him and so he broke his arm <laughs> so the state of california but like a car hit a 6 9 300 pound man like that car was aiming for them let's get it was me and Corey. we actually created a time machine and went yes. back in time and hit ed kemper oh my god and, yeah so we were Corey we were I, trying to get back to 1969 to save sharon tate but we accidentally yeah. got sent back to 1972 <laughs> Yeah, so we just ran over Ed Kemper with our car. Yeah, so we're and like, so because well, of that, I guess we'll do some drugs. Yeah, I guess we're in the seventies, so <laughs> let's go get fucked. Yeah. And then we go to Studio Fifty Four, and that's how oh, yeah. Corey and I, you know, that's how we died. Story. That's how we died. Coke on the coke on the dance floor. Yeah, bitch. So Corey and I traveled back in time, and then we hit Ed with our car. Did not kill him. So the state of California. <laughs> so we failed. Him. So we failed. We failed really bad. That's why we. Is, that's why we OD'd in Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> yeah, because we failed so bad. This is the event that gave him the ability to buy a car, which is how he does terrible Fuck atrocities. Us. So Corey and I really did an oopsies Damn. here. We we oopsie doopsie. We oopsied the fuck out of you know a lot out of a big situation here. So uh, he broke his arm. Wow, California. what if that actually becomes true? <laughs> I know. Well, right now, since we said it, there's like an alternate universe where that is a oh, fact. Oh, my God. I love shit. it. I love it. I'm so glad that exists. <laughs> Me too. There should be a movie. A, uh, a sending time. vibes our way. <laughs> sending good vibes to Studio 54. <laughs> Peace and blessings to us, even though there's like horrible things that happen from this reality. We're like, to oh, my us. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, California was like, we cannot believe time travelers did this to you. Here's $15,000. So He's they like, wait, him... what? Time travelers? They're like, shut up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Ed Kemper, you, you perfect citizen. Uh, you, you fucking bitch. So, they gave him 15000 which is a lot of money in the 70s. Probably. He gave him, wait, 16000 $15,000. State oh of California God. was like, sorry. What's 15000 in today's day and age? I want to guess like. A lot. Forty. <laughs> 50 let me you continue i will type this up so he oh took my the money. god 91 <laughs> 91,000. shit mother fucker that would literally want, change my entire life i would change my entire fucking life you i cannot believe we gave ed kemper a hundred thousand dollars for time traveling <laughs> that's yeah oh my god so california gave him 15k he took the money paid his hospital bills bought a car 
Feeling good with his new car, the little bit of cash, Ed showed it off to his mom, basically saying, Mom, I'm not a fucking loser. Look what I have now, bitch. (laughs) She responded by intensifying the abuse, specifically now targeting his manhood and his sense of worth. And this is like a 22-year-old straight kid in the 70s. Like She's like, we're going to hit you where it hurts, ho. So, and this is a quote from Ed. He says, she's holding up these girls who said who she said were too good for me to get to know, he recalled. She would say, you're just like your father. You don't deserve to get to know them. This kind of talk infuriated him. So he decided he was going to prove his mom wrong so he could get the girls. What? Because basically now, after years of abuse, she's now saying, well, because you have money, you're still a piece of shit. You can't get girls. And that just, like, does him in. Now he's super pissed. (laughs) If my mom did that to me, I'd be like, yeah, sure, mom, as, like, some ma'am's pubes are just, like, scratching my face as his dick is just down my entire throat yeah she's like well you're not gonna get girls i'm like yeah i can't i can't get them they're too much for me yeah bye but the important part about this is like she's so abusive that she's just kind of like grasping a straws here like now she is just it's just like low blows because she's like your 22 year old virgin who can't drive like from clueless like that's pretty much what she's saying you're a virgin who can't drive yeah and so now we Same. have this ginormous man that just got $15,000 from the state of California with severe mommy issues. I mean, the worst Norman Bates mommy issues yeah, you can imagine. The ability to perfectly lie. And now he's going to go try and get girls to prove his mom wrong. Wow. Ruh, SpaghettiOs. So what is the <laughs> 1970s obvious answer to go find girls at this time? Disco. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a crazy turn of events? This is if he murdered people in a disco. That would be a wild true crime episode. Disco hitchhiking. No. I was like, jump cut to Jana and I, high as fuck on cocaine. Yeah. We're like, whatever. We've ruined oh, so much. I feel but Carl's there. I feel <laughs> oh man. So. Ed started doing these long drives around Santa Cruz looking for pretty girls hitchhiking. Um, In a 1974 interview for Front Page Detective Magazine, Ed said, At first I picked up girls just to talk to them, just to try to get acquainted with people my own age and try to strike up a friendship. Over a couple months, Ed picked up over 150 women hitchhikers. What the fuck? And he did that to learn how to make them trust him. He would watch them as he spoke, as he drove, and he would see how they reacted. With trial and error, he figured out exactly how to pick up women hitchhikers and how to make them feel comfortable. He specifically targeted small female hitchhikers that he knew he could overpower. First of all, he's 6'9", 50 pounds. He could overpower anybody. But second of all, he, w- he was looking for the type of girls that he knew he would want to eventually sexually assault and then murder. And he just he watched how they reacted to him. He do delivered... people wait? <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> what is this? Just, do people like literally? Do you just like s- try out how you interact with human beings? Well, if like you're that's a, a serial genius, killer thing, right? If you're a genius, so if you're like a genius level <laughs> IQ sociopath serial killer with mommy issues, yes, you will. Do like, that. yeah, I don't, maybe though. at the maybe at the club, I'll be like, okay, cool, I'll go try out talking to this guy and then evaluate how that went, you know? Yeah, but like, I don't. maybe. <laughs> I probably should because I would probably be a much better human. But I, I mean, don't. I don't. I figured yeah. whatever happened happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like like I just yellow. <laughs> generally uh, talk to people in in public places. But then maybe if I'm like at a club, I'll like later on be like, oh, how did that go? Like maybe what should I have said to like 
make that better or not better, right? Yeah. I guess I think about that when there's, like, important drama. Like, if you and I were having, like, a potential fight, I would then go over it, be like, how did that go? How did did that go? What should we have said? Yeah, okay. Maybe we're not serial killers. We just don't. (laughs) This is kind of weird. (laughs) Maybe we're just basic humans. Yeah. (laughs) But he's a serial killer. So he delivered 150 women safely to their destinations, but privately... He started indulging in these violent fantasies, imagining what he would do to capture these hitchhikers and then what he would do to them when he finally did capture them. And as he got comfortable thinking, or sorry, as he got comfortable hitchhiking and these private thoughts, he called these dark and twisted urges little zapples. They, uh, they continued. Uh, at the beginning. Yes, mom. Yeah, both cats are like crazy into this room, <laughs> into yeah, you. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna die in this room. I think. Yeah. I'm <laughs> and like, they, she keeps looking at the corner, and it's Simone, the demon hunter. Yeah. Yeah. What the? No, literally, I've seen both. Ca- I've seen both cats like come in and out of you at least four times since you've done this, 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 uh, this section on Ed. Kemper. I think. Uh, like, I think our other selves from the other universe is like yelling at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so at the beginning of these little dark, or sorry, these little zapples that he started having, um, he would get pleasure and satisfaction from these fantasies, these little zapples. But soon that pleasure decreased, and he realized that he wanted to take that next step um, and make those little zapples into reality. And that feeling overwhelmed him. There's a quote from him in an interview for something called Mugshots. He said, I'm picking up young women, and I'm going a little bit farther each time. It's a daring kind of thing. First, there wasn't a gun. I'm driving along. We go to a vulnerable place when there aren't any people watching where I could act out, and I say, no, I can't. And then a gun's in the car, hidden. And then I get this craving, this awful, raging, eating feeling inside of me, this fantastic passion. It was overwhelming me. It was like drugs. It was like alcohol. A little isn't enough. What the fuck? So little by little... He would add a little bit of dark and twisty reality to each hitchhiking ride, and he knew what he wanted, what he needed to do. He knew what he was going to do, so he equipped his car with a radio transmitter to listen to the police, his BFFs. Oh my God, Simone, stop doing scary things! He filled his car with plastic bags and knives and blankets and duct tape, all the things that a serial killer would put in his car, and then finally he rigged the passenger door to keep it from being open from the inside. After spending Simone. Oh my god. Her eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> her eyes have been wide the entire yeah, time. She has Christmas tree eyes right now. Yeah, she does. What's happening in here? Demons. Those the the demons have the post Halloween blues as well. It's okay. Yeah, they do. So as I mentioned or, or in part 1 and in our little drunk history catch up, Ed spent his entire teenage life in a state medical hospital surrounded by rapists. So because of what he learned from them, he knew exactly what needed to be done in order to rape, and most importantly, what needed to be done to get rid of evidence. What the fuck? And he knew, with these little zapples that he was slowly making a reality, he knew what he had to end up doing. He needed to get rid of any evidence or witnesses. He needed to kill. Question. Yeah. Did he, did he ever go into or dive into, like, I didn't ever really have these urges. They just kind of developed over that? Like what over time of what you're saying, he's like, 
you know, like you're saying, like nature versus nurture. This man is obviously evil, and he had an evil thing yeah. inside of him, and he's a piece of shit. And, he, and fuck him. He killed kid. You know, he killed the cats and stuff when he was a little kid and stuff. Yeah, he did all and the he killed his grandparents at 15. Like, what a fucking yeah. piece of trash! Like, die. Um, the thing is about him that's interesting though is. Um, but he was never the... into sexual stuff, right? No, he was with dead bodies. With he was into necrophilia and doing some really awful horrific. Even in, at a young age. Uh, he would get off from like decapitating Barbie dolls and stuff, what the and fuck? he would get off from like really violent sexual fantasies. I talked about that in the last episode, just how oh, okay. sexual fantasies, specifically like towards his mom and women, became really violent. Like the more abuse he was subjected to, yeah. the more violent the fantasies became, and that's when he Damn. started doing things like ripping Barbie dolls off, killing cats, and getting off. I don't of remember that. you talking about Barbie dolls. Sorry. And then um, he also, when he was a little kid, like. He started fantasizing about um, wanting to kiss people, like women. So, like, the only type of women that he knew how to talk to would be women that were probably dead. Because his mom told him, like, no woman alive would be worth, like, would want Ed in his life. Oh, my God. So then he's like, oh, okay, so only women I can get is dead. That also sounds like he's spinning it to make it seem like it's more his mom's fault. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Because he's also a genius, and you have to remember that. What What a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Um. So, yeah. So, like, there was always an, like... The appeal was never for to kill. Like, he never wanted to kill. It was just a necessary thing that had to happen in order for him to get sexual pleasure because he enjoyed having raping dead bodies. And you can't have a dead body unless you murder them. And so, like, that's how he got his thrill. So, like, the killing wasn't, like, he didn't enjoy killing. And he talks about that in, like, interviews later on. He's like, you know, that he didn't like having to stab people and stuff. He just liked the aftermath. And that's the whole, his whole, like, ritual after he would murder them. Damn. Okay. He's a fucking sick fuck. Yeah. He's sick fucking fuck. And he spent his entire teenage life getting all these tips and tricks from rapists and violent criminals. So he knew how to do it and he knew how to get away with it. And he knew the number one thing that he had to do to be able to successfully rape people and specifically rape dead people was to kill people. So... Edmund started picking up girl after girl, knowing what he wanted to do, waiting for this moment. And it took a while, more than a year, a whole year of picking up even more women, thinking, am I going to do it now? Am I going to do it now? Is it her? Is it her? And he just let every single girl go, except on May 7th, 1972. And that we're going to talk about next week, everybody. Damn. The fucking edging. The edging edgelord. <laughs> well, damn, that was awesome, Jana. That's it's really interesting. Thank you. That's very good. Okay, let's go to my supernatural segment. Yes. Oh my gosh, I drink a little bit too much. <laughs> You're like, I'm fucked up. I'm like, so there's this ghost. <laughs> <laughs> there's this fucking ghost, and you just fall asleep. I'm like, and that's the podcast. You're like, and the end. The end. In the name of Jesus Christ, gay men. Gay men. <laughs> Okay, so my Supernatural segment today is on the haunting of the S.K. Pierce Mansion. I just, I just, I just recite the entire haunting a hill house. Yeah, you're like, so there's this family, the the Brain family, not the Crane family, (laughs) not the Crane family. (laughs) Yeah, so they move into this house, right? It's like this crazy ass house. There's like statues. The father or like the mother's like really down to earth and like really attentive, but then it's the father who is like a little bit more spacey and clairvoyant. (laughs) Yeah, and like the. The daughter Theo is is straight. 
<laughs> but Luke's a and, fucking faggot. <laughs> yeah, but Luke's super gay, specifically into only uh, Corey. Only and me. Yeah. <laughs> and I take care of him, and I change his life, and we're married. But I can fix him. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's the problem. Uh, I'm the problem. Okay. So, yeah, the Haunting SK Pierce Mansion. So, standing three stories tall with a single room as a fourth story attic or what's called a widow's walk. Do you know what a widow's walk is? No, but that sounds fun as yeah. shit. So, we're already getting off on a tangent. So, this mansion is three stories tall, but it has that fourth story that's like the single room uh, story yeah. on like Victorian mansions. Um, yeah. And it's called a widow's walk. Because it sort of originates from sea captains um, or like rich people who live by the ocean where they would have their wife go look out and watch their sea, their seamen or their sea captain go like sail away on boats. Or they would also go out to look and overlook where their uh, their husbands had died um, and Mm, their sea had their, their ship had sunk. So that's why it's called a widow's walk sometimes. So literally what that means is like this mansion was three stories tall. But there is literally one room that it just makes it look super like scary Victorian haunted house, which yeah. is one room that's the fourth story and you can see it from the outside. But the rest is clearly just a, three stories or whatever. Sorry. That's Sorry to already cool. go on a tangent. <laughs> well, and in Mormon lore, the widow's peak of the temples is where the prophet goes up and talks to God. Oh, the holy holies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lies. the widow's hole. The widow's hole. The widow's hole. Oh, my God. The widow's gash. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the widow's glory hole is the the Mormon version of the glory hole. The the glory of glories. Wait, what's it called? The holy holies. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Tomato, tomato, same shit. That's where they do all the sex shit. (laughs) Yeah, that's where they do all of the crazy ass sex shit. (laughs) So standing three stories tall, the yellow, gray, and black Victorian mansion on the corner of Union Street and West Broadway in Gardner, Massachusetts is the epitome of a haunted house. It literally yeah. is near identical to the Bates Motel. Hell like literally, yeah. literally, like seriously, if you look it up, you're like, Bates Motel, fuck. That's so fun because that's actually what I was imagining in my head. As you were oh, exactly. Yeah, and that's where like, like the Widow's Walk, that story, that fourth story is exactly comes from. And this is the second time we're talking about Bates Hotel. Bates Motel in this Bates same Motel. goddamn channel. We're like so in sync. Our like it's fucking, like our like months are, what do you call it? Our, our, our periods are synced. Yeah, we're synced up. <laughs> Um, So in the past uh, 100 years, residents, mediums, and ghost hunters alike have dubbed this mansion Certified Haunted. And like all haunted houses, this history is full of spooky shit. So let's get into the history. My history pasties are on. History pasties are on. (laughs) Fuck yes. Hell yeah. What do they look like this season, Chana? Ooh, they look exactly (laughs) like theo's gloves just oh fuck days. yeah hell yeah That's oh it. they're just literally theo's gloves oh you that know are those just like, like bobby pinned through your nipples <laughs> yes so you know those like sexy ass gloves that she had that kind of like were oh. cut and like yes. on her hand yes mm. oh my god just slap me just challenge yeah. me to a duel my titties <laughs> will your slap your face now <laughs> like hell yeah <laughs> what what are your history pasties look like this season of of cat cottage okay <laughs> of cat cottage uh, like, oh my God, I don't know. Like my history pasties are, they're just like, I don't know. They're just like post-it note pasties and you can just like rip them off. And like every time they just have like <laughs> random ass fucking sayings that we have from the past, from the first season. And those are my history yes. pasties. Yeah. That's what we're going for. 
I like the post-it notes. Can they are they like the pastel or the neons or like they? They're the neons. Oh my god, they're the Hell neons. Yeah. yeah, they're the fucking Thank neons. God. Yeah, and every Thank time, god. and then some once in a while you'll get like one of them that's like you know like the uh, the note like the notebook that Lee Winnell writes in in Insidious where it's like bitch oh, whore. Yeah. Like, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, it's like once in a while you get one of those and you're like, oh, okay. You're like, oh, Noob's still with <laughs> you're us. like, Noob's Blessed. still here. <laughs> Thank you, Noob. <laughs> so those are my history pasties. Um, so Stephen Taylor was a dupe. He founded the first chair shop in South Gardner around 1830. So around 1830, he f- founded this chair shop, okay? Wow, So he quickly was like, cool, I'm moving on. Sells this business to Jonas Pierce. <laughs> One of the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I was literally about to say the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> he we sells are it to in the Jonas Brothers. Tonight. Little did we know the fourth Jonas Brother's name is Sylvester Knowlton Pierce, which is what this mansion is named after because it's the SK Pierce Mansion. I can't believe the Jonas Brothers are haunting a fucking mansion. Oh, right I know. Now. They're like so fucking. I know. It's the Haunted Mansion in, in yeah. Disney. This is, the, this is the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland's park. <laughs> Only featuring. Jonas Brothers songs from the terrible Disney Channel movie Camp Rock. Oh my God! Never <laughs> saw it. it because I have I have a life. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. you were too old. I was too I old. I saw it and I was like, <laughs> I'm officially too old for Disney. It's the thing that did me in. I was like, oh. I'm too old for Disney Channel. I and saw. Scene. Mine was seeing High School Musical, the first part of High School Musical two, and being like, oh. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, when they're at the resort. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 number at the resort. I was like, I'm good. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that was another one that did me in. Also, uh, Hannah Montana did me in. I fucking hated oh, Hannah. No Montana. idea who I know who that is, but I like never watched any of that shit. Okay, yeah. sorry we offended you if we offended you, but your taste is shitty. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. Says the botanist and me, <laughs> the, the Theo's Theo nipples. I see. Um, so. This dude finds the chair shop, sells it to Jonas Pierce and Sylvester Pierce. Okay. So while Jonas didn't remain in the business long, Sylvester K. Pierce took it over within a f- and then within a few years began building factories all over South Gardner. So business boomed and over the next 40 years, Gardner, Massachusetts literally became known as the chair city because of his business. Like his That's furniture so business. Yeah. It became like so known in the 1980s or the 1880s. That it was like, or sorry, the 1800s, <laughs> the 1880s. The 1980s. <laughs> the 1980s. It's like five more dates. The 1980s, the 1880s. I'm like, he literally invented fucking. No, uh, Simone. Oh, what happened? Oh my God. She literally just almost deleted these in this entire recording. Simone, back off. <laughs> She's like, where the fuck? is the christmas tree <laughs> it is november 4th it is november 4th you cunt <laughs> i'm actually putting up the christmas tree early this year for Ooh. simone because i feel like she needs it she's oh, yeah. sad right now oh i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it like two weeks early i'm so those post halloween oh. blues my god she Same she's now smell. hiding in a laundry basket okay bye <laughs> every year though i get more and more excited for thanksgiving i just like thanksgiving because it's like more focused on family and food and there's less like amp up for it you know yeah there's less like everything else surrounding it i don't know i like it a lot so i go see y'all hang out with y'all and then see my family i like it okay anyways yes so business boom in the next 40 years and gardner message just became known as a chair city so with this boom came tons of money and so in night in 1875 no expense was spared by sk uh pierce whatever his name is sorry jonas brothers jonas brothers pierce um and this three and built a three-story 
6,661 square foot mansion. Wh- with, lol. Yeah, lol, 6661. Uh, we get it. With 10 bedrooms, 2.5 bathrooms, 11 foot ceilings, gas lighting, marble f- <laughs> and marble fireplaces throughout. On that top of that, house is just gaslighting the fuck out of you. <laughs> They're like, you're crazy. You, you walk hoe. in, it's like, you fucking bitch, that's not a ghost. Yeah, that's not a ghost, you stupid ass. You're just hoe. crazy. You just need to be fucked more. You just need to say yes to when I want to have sex with you. Yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm sorry I made you feel that way, but you're wrong about that. Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry you think that I'm sorry you think that dinner shouldn't be ready every day when I get home from work, but it should be. Yeah. But it should be. Damn. <laughs> fuck you, lights. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, house. So, on top of that, exquisite hand-carved moldings and decor are seen throughout this entire home and are like in all the websites that I looked at were like really pinpointed on. They even said that a lot of the servants quarters even had like really delicate, um, like extremely gas lights. (laughs) (laughs) They like really spent a good time on the AI for the gas lights to like really make you feel like shit. (laughs) Yeah. But like, especially with the servants, because you know, that's what you, you, that's what you did back then. They're like, you thought it was bad being a woman in in the 1800s. Think of the 1600s. Yeah. Think of the motherfucking, where where even the house gaslights you. (laughs) It's so shitty that like even your fucking property is gaslighting you. Like if you had a thought, you were a witch. (laughs) You're a fucking witch. Oh. And if you tell someone that your house is gaslighting you, you're a witch. You're a witch. <laughs> so it reportedly took 100 men working around the clock for 1.5 years to make this. But like, whatever. We'll move on. <laughs> cool. Hyperbole. It's a thing. <laughs> so this home is said to have hosted the likes of former President Calvin Coolidge. Um, also, uh, Calvin Coolidge, uh, I looked this up, it's total fact, is Jennifer Coolidge's great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. That's fun. <laughs> That's, are you making that up? I'm totally making that up. <laughs> okay. Um, Me, uh, I'm like, I believe it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Minnesota Fats, the man who is known as Minnesota Fats, which is a famous billiards man. I had to look that up. Uh, Betty Davis, Betty Davis, uh, Betty Davis like fucking Betty. If you don't know who Betty Davis do is, do like, do do <laughs> why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> My shitty singing. <laughs> Davis. Um, P.T. Barnum and Norman Rock, Norman Rockwell, Norman wow. fucking Rockwell, Norman fucking Rockwell. Speaking of Norman, Norman Bates. Boom. Reference again. But Norman Damn, fucking Rockwell, also, which means. Oh, sorry. Go. Lana Del Rey has been there, her essence. Also, yeah, sidebar. Have you listened to Blue Bannisters? I have. You have. We so to... we need to talk about this later because I have not because Ooh. I was deep into spooky season. And yeah. her come like listening to Lana during spooky season is just not on my level. I just like did yeah. not want to. So I'll get into it in the next week. But I'm just like was okay. too into October and Halloween. And I'm like, Halloween does not say lana del rey to me yeah just listen to it before friendsgiving so we can discuss in person okay. an in-person album we need to discuss okay definitely definitely we should do that do you have it on vinyl yes. yet no because i mainly forgot that um, okay it, the album was happening until you texted me and then i was like oh yeah <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> oh fuck oh, okay yeah literally oh. i was like oh yeah, fuck i guess there's a new album okay well hold off on that okay okay cool okay so um where the fuck are we <laughs> so pt barnum norman walkwell 
Also, it was known as a frequent meeting place of the Freemason Society. So secrecy. Ooh, the Mormons. Yeah, Mormon shit. Okay. So Pierce, his wife Susan, and their son had big dreams when moving into this this mansion. However, those dreams immediately fell apart when Susan succumbed to a bacterial illness just two weeks after moving in. Oh. She literally died. She bacterial infection died. It's 1870s, y'all. Like, we're fucking dying of bacterial infections left and right. Um, penicillin has not been invented yet. <laughs> invented. Um, <laughs> has not been. Invented. Invented. Yes, literally invented. Yeah. Chemtrails. Chemtrails. <laughs> Chemtrails over the country. Bushed in 9 11. Yeah. Penicillin. The moon landing's fake. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. A year later, Pierce married a girl named Ellen Pierce who was 30 years younger than him and had then Wait. had two more children. Yes. Pierce named a girl with her last name is Pierce. Pierce Pierce? That's no, it. she's just known as Ellen Pierce. Married a girl named oh. Ellen, who's now named Ellen Pierce. Oh, okay. I was like, who that's was, funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> who was 30 years younger. Then they had two more children. So it is now uh, S.K. Pierce, his new wife, Ellen, and then their three children um, living in this house. Then in 1888, Pierce passed away in the house from natural causes, leaving behind Bye. his new wife and his three sons. When Ellen Pierce passed away a couple years later, the then the three sons then bickered constantly over ownership of the mansion and also over ownership of the chair business. They like were kind of really nasty to each other. Then the Great Depression comes in. It stifles the business. And then eventually the youngest son, Edward, takes control of the mansion after the eldest two basically buy out and move away. When it's just this new son, Edward, his wife, and his two-year-old daughter, the two-year-old daughter dies of yet again another bacterial infection. Lord, bye. Yeah, everyone. like, what the fuck? Like, get the fuck, like, clean that house. <laughs> Someone invent penicillin already. Yeah, fuck. like, fucking invent pen penicillin. <laughs> Don't discover it. it. Invent it. <laughs> Yeah, go invent it, someone, you stupid-ass hoes. <laughs> you stupid bitches. So, stupid with bitches. the death of their daughter and the business, the business dwindling, they sold the business in 1837. I'm not super sure on, or, or sorry, 1937? I said 1837. Um, so, I'm not super sure if they sold the business in 18, 1937 or that's when it super dwindled so that they had to sell it, so that they had to turn the mansion into a boarding, uh, like a boarding house um, for income. Some places said they, they sold the business then, or some business just said that the business was doing really bad, so they had to turn the mansion into a boarding school. I'm not super sure on that. Um, I couldn't get, like, a consensus on that, so take it mm. how you want. So figure so, it out. <laughs> yeah, figure it out for your fucking self, okay? <laughs> I have a life. Stupid-ass bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I have a life, you, you bitches. <laughs> you fucking bitches. Uh, so during this time, things got crazy. The house began getting rowdy people, and soon drinking, gambling, and prostitution became the norm in the house. There were even tales of murder. It is said that a prostitute Ew. was strangled in the infamous Red Room on the second Ooh. floor in the 40s. Ooh, shit. This is suddenly haunting the Hill yeah, House. Bitch. While another uh, boarder, like as in a, a person who was boarding in the house, was a who was a Finnish immigrant named Ennio Sari was the gardener while living there and also a World War II vet. He was burned to death in the master bedroom in 1963. Oh. Some believe Jesus. that it was spontaneous combustion as there was little damage to the surrounding room, but many also believe that it was like total, like he was killed or he accidentally set himself aflame in bed. 
1963, like, not 1963, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Tana, that was, like, 60 years ago. <laughs> that's true, but that seems like yesterday. Take but me yes, back. Because, yes, take me back. 63 is not that bad. Anything like <laughs> Anything, like, in the 60s above is not that long ago to me. I agree. I totally agree. But there's, like, some 20-year-old listening to us that's like, what the fuck? <laughs> They're like, you guys are not that much older than us. <laughs> Stop this. Stop this right now. <sighs> So, also, there's another story of a young a young boy accidentally drowning in the basement. I don't know how, but what the every fuck is every going website on? <laughs> every website said that. Okay, <laughs> so it's fact. That so is the most fact. So we these are facts. <laughs> these are fucking facts. Bush did 9/11. Recount the votes. <laughs> Recount the votes. <laughs> a boy drowned in the basement. <laughs> a boy drowned in the basement. <laughs> don't ask how. Don't ask why. Just accept the just fucking accept facts. It. Just accept it. Corey is a botanist. <laughs> accept these facts, exactly. you stupid bitches. Some fucking plant was like, I'm going to shed all my water, drown this fucking boy. I fucking hate him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he died. Okay. so but, And now the house is gaslighting us and thinking. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> that... <laughs> so over the subsequent years, borders, residents, visitors have attested to hauntings that take place here. So there's reports of S.K. Pierce himself. That's the guy who owned the company and built this fucking house. Uh, Suzanne Pierce, his first wife. Edward Pierce, his one of his sons. As well as a nanny named Maddie Cornwell. And a gentleman named David, who some believe to have been the Red Room Strangler who killed the prostitute. Also, Ooh. there's reports no of the prostitute, haunt, the prostitute haunting this place. Um, what did you say? Sorry. I said, no wonder his name's David. Oh, I know, or right? Oh my god, piece of shit. <laughs> He's a fucking. If your boyfriend's shit. named David, fucking, fucking look at your life and assess what's going leave on, him. and leave him. <laughs> take it for someone who's dated a David. You want to get out as fast as you can. <laughs> Run, go, go, go. <laughs> um. So the prostitute who was murdered by David, and then the young boy who drowned, and then a younger girl who is perhaps the granddaughter of uh S. K. Pierce. Um, Ennio Sari, and then also some Ennio is the the World War II vet that I talked about, and then also there is an unnamed dark entities, numerous unnamed dark entities that are said to live in the basement that have been described as some of the mansion's darkest and sinister, most sinister uh, ghosts. Yeah, bitch. So that's that's pretty um, uh, common. I think I've done three hauntings in a row, which is I think this is the first time in the, in the history of. Of our, podcast. of our podcast that i've done three house hauntings in a row yeah it was just halloween time and i was like i just want to do haunting so I'll, I'll move on to other like fun shit other other shit than just like hauntings but yeah so those are like the main ghosts that people literally saw physical apparitions of over the past years they have also reported everything from disembodied voices chanting Ooh, yeah. ew, that's yeah. that's creepy i don't like that full body apparitions of everybody i just mentioned moving furniture screens flying off windows <laughs> that's dramatic how stop gaslighting right. us <laughs> if you're just like sitting down you put on Sp- you're high you put on spongebob <laughs> yeah and then just like your screen flies off your window yeah and you try to explain that to anybody and they're like but it's windy outside i'd be like you're crazy <laughs> whoever says i'm like get out get the fuck, get the out. fuck out but your house is really old your house is like it's true i'm really old so you really think that like no really i'm like, that, like it's my fault i'm like you're a ghost and you're dramatic 
quit throwing the screen off my window. Like that's outside. It's, like, it's cold. Get... I have to go outside now yeah. and put the screen back on. It's cold. Yeah. So screens flying off windows, slamming doors, the sound of footsteps and stairs and halls, um, sudden t- temperature changes, foul older odors. Sorry, and shadow people. Um, all oh. these have been reported. These are all basically another club, another club shit that we've all yeah, but... we've all seen before. Anytime you say shadow people, I'm immediately scared. No, that's true. I, like, no matter how many times I say shadow people, I'm like, you know what? I could deal with all this other shit. Maybe not full body apparitions. <laughs> <laughs> I could deal with anything, specifically the full body But apparitions. full body apparitions and shadow people would just destroy me. I could not do yeah. that. Okay, disembodied could... voices would... <laughs> Enchanting would not be that great. <laughs> You're like actually everything else. I think chanting would probably get me the most. Ch- chanting that's that's so ominous. It's shadow so shadow people would get me the most, but chanting is second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I would enjoy the gaslighting house. That's just funny now because now every time I watch a horror movie, I'm only gonna think that it's the house <laughs> trying to gaslight the horror family, specifically oh the straight dad in every horror movie. It's like, like the house that crazy. possesses the straight dad. That's like you're you're crazy. You're you're, crazy. you're overreacting. Wife, I think you're pretty tired. Maybe you should like go out of town for a bit. That's why I so that's why I love tired. Insidious is because Patrick like you know Patrick Wilson comes home, Rose Bauer. What's her name? Rose McGowan. I forget her last her sec her last name. I forget. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne is like, hey, like there's some shit going on in this house and it's really scary. And Patrick Wilson is like, basically, long story short, he's like, you're overreacting. And then she hands him a bloody clawed handprint and is like, deal with this, you fucking bitch. And she gets up and walks away. She like mic drops with like a bloody handprint. Feminism in a nutshell. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, Rose Byrne, like fucking tell him. Yeah. She's like, explain this, you fucking bitch. The demons are like, yes. (laughs) They're like, oh, girl. Um, So others have felt the presence of hands actually pushing them or grabbing them. Or, like, grabbing into their... You know how, like, kids will, like, grab into your pockets? Um, they're, like... They've, they've said they felt bitches. people pushing them. Uh, little kid hands grabbing into their pockets for their wallets or their phones. Some even report child laughter after this happens. And then some have specifically reported wet spots on their clothes that Ew. is referring to the drowned boy. So they're sa- they, they are, like, alluding to the oh. fact that it was the drowned boy who was grabbing in their pockets and playing with them. If I, oh, so there's like wet spots on their clothes and shit. Yeah. Um, Like the touching and the laughing would be like not, not that much, but then like the combo plus the wet spots would be a lot. Yeah. Your like pockets are wet. Ew. Ew. uh, Ew, And then you just like physically feel wet. Yeah. (sighs) Ugh. Um, there's also the, these reports of touching have even escalated to visitors reporting that spirits would push them down the stairs Oh, that's um, and specifically the steps that led into the basement. Um, and there's even one report that a lot of the websites uh, would say that one person on the third floor was like near the window and reported that some like unseen force started pushing them towards the window to like fucking Ooh. kill them and push them out the window. That's a that's little intense. That's fun. That's um, fun. Other than that, there are specifically these two people, Edwin Gonzalez and Lillian Ortero. They moved into this house between 2009 and 2011. In the two years that Edwin Gonzalez and Lillian Ortero lived in the house, 
Um, multiple neighbors and them described seeing a little boy with quote-unquote yellow hair running back and forth between their windows. Um, however, Edwin and Lillian didn't have any children at all, and they would frequently see this. So they believe it's the and drowned the boy. Yeah, even neighbors were like, oh, yeah, like we've been seeing, like you have a child, right? And they're like, no, we don't fucking have a child. They're like, why are our pockets wet? I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, In addition, Edwin and Lillian reported disembodied footsteps, slamming doors, objects moving on their own. But what scared them the most were the multiple entities throughout the house, including a quote-unquote shadowed figure in the basement and a dark dark haired woman woman sorry with a creepy smile who oh. lily liliana believes tried to possess her once oh so my there's God, so the main like story is liliana they move in this house in 2009 liliana is it is literally like it's literally in city it's literally what we've been talking about the gaslighting house <laughs> the <laughs> so gaslighting sorry house. chills are gone but <laughs> Liliana and Edwin move into the house. Liliana is like hearing these disembodied voices uh, coming from around the house. She then starts to pinpoint and believe that they're coming from the walls. And when she said that she would put her he- ear up to the walls and that's when she would hear the chanting that would Ew. echo throughout throughout the house. That's nasty. I yeah. hate that. <laughs> she then even specifically them would say that there were, quote, the roars of lions that would echo around the house and come from the basement. Oh, like literally the roars. So like, think of like the MGM roar, which even like, okay, shitty cinephile film fact that I'm going to say, it's actually a tiger roar. You know, like the MGM lion. Yeah. That roar that the lion does is actually a tiger roar, but that's That's just me being a stupid, like cinephile bitch. She said that she would hear that roar throughout the house and that it would be so loud sometimes that it would shake the house. Like it would literally Whoa. like earthquake shake the house. And that this this chanting and disembodied voices would would like go on for a few times. She said that things would move. Edward would even see things move and lights flicker and ha- and say cold spots and weird smells would happen. But that Liliana was the only one that would have auditory hallucinations or would hear these Damn. things happen to her. Then she was the only one that would see shadow figures in the basement and then see a dark-haired woman that would follow her throughout the house that had the creepy smile. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Um, she even then says that this like escalated so badly once that the creepy dark-haired woman uh, tried to possess her. Like literally tried to get inside of her and that she just like willed her out off of her and willed her off of her and they finally moved out in 2011 and they're like fuck this place we're done lord yeah so fuck that shit even um throughout this time edwin um and liliana also at the same time said that they saw like the other ghosts they saw the uh, pierce family and all that shit and all that stuff like that basically they move out in 2011 they're the main family that kind of has a story to them where it ends in liliana trying to be possessed and then finally, um, this place is basically after it was a boarding, uh, a boarding house, like until like the sixties and seventies, it goes through different owners. Then you have the Edwin and Liliana in 2009 and in 2011. And then finally it's just like laying vacant and was Ew. bought in 2015 by the, uh, carnival here. Let me look at this really quick. A uh, carnival. 
no yeah <laughs> it's bought by the business called the dark carnival oh so, it's probably a haunted house yeah yeah so they buy it in 2015 and they buy it with the intention to renovate it and then open it to ghost tours and then they <laughs> renovate the basement to become a haunted house that's cool Attract- and horrifying yeah so cool. As of 2016-2017, it is supposedly, I went to multiple sites, even the Dark Carnival Presents website, um, to try and see if you could actually visit this place and go to it. However, I couldn't, could not get a consensus on whether or not, whether or not you could actually, like, go and visit this place, but I believe you can. I believe during the Halloween season... The basement is opened up and it is That's a so cool. haunted house. And then during the year, you can actually stay the night and rent it out and live in, and spend the night in the SK Pierce mansion. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Yeah. 100%. No, and it's in Massachusetts. Like, y'all, look it up. Look up the SK Pierce mansion. It is like a hundred, like you literally look at it and you're like, Bates Motel haunted. Like, that's haunted. Like, that shit is fucking haunted. It is disgust. Like you're like, I would never set foot in that at night. Like you're gonna get fucked by demons, like immediately. Like that is SK Pierce house. Oh, it has a four point four rating on Google. But yeah, oh, it fuck looks yeah. exactly like like that. Did they base the Bates Motel set design off of this house? They probably like did. right. Like I don't know. Yeah, like it's it, a little it, too like on the nose. Like, no, they, it I is literally like looks like Bates Motel. Yeah. Yeah. People also yeah, say has- that it looks like the Adams Family house. Uh, I see that too. Yeah, it has a four point yeah. four Google r- rating. Good ghosts. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And it's listed as a haunted house. That's like the the place. They're like this place house. is haunted. By the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Google being like this is a haunted mansion. Four point four stars. Thank you. Everything is a rating. Even ghosts nowadays. Oh my god. Um. Anyways, yeah. So that is the S K Pierce uh, haunting. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Ooh, that's a good one. That's it's. I especially like that one because it has some modern stuff in it. Because you never really hear about stuff happening in two thousand eleven. No, yeah, yeah. It's this couple in t- two thousand nine to two thousand eleven. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Corey, how's your sex life been? So yeah, my sex life is good. What it's been going? Oh my god! Like the last week. So yeah, like Halloween happened. Hall- yeah. So Halloween happened. Halloween was great. Um, what'd you end up doing? Yeah. So we went out. Um. This our last episode came out Friday. Yeah. Okay. Um Friday off the top of my head I can't remember what happened. Uh we watched horror movies definitely. Ben and I saw a ton of horror movies. We went on Saturday we went out to do Oh my god, Chana. So we went what? to the Ooh, Egyptian what? Theater in in downtown Boise. Oh, that, yeah, for Rocky Horror. Yeah, for Rocky Horror. It fits 741 people and the show is sold out. So I would say there were like around 700 people in the theater and it's a beautiful large theater and they showed a high definition version, which I've never seen high def version of Rocky horror, but it was the UK version. So some of the the shots, yeah. So the good ending and then also some of the shots are different throughout. Yeah. So I would say the the movie was was like 30% different from what it was from what we usually have seen. It was not shadow casted, but they did burlesque shows at the beginning to some of the songs. That's cool. Yeah, and then they just had, and then they just played the movie, and people shouted out the like communal jokes that we do, you know. That's so fun. So yeah, it oh was super God. fun, and it was so fun because there were like literally like 
650 to 700 people just screaming at the screen for like two hours. It was it was so fun. It was so like cult queer film. I just fucking loved it. So Rocky Horror. Yeah, Yeah. so Rocky Horror. I fucking loved it. And it's just like, oh my god! Like every time, like Touch Me, Touch Me, Touch Me, Touch Me comes on, you're just like, I just fucking love like being a human and loving sex and being queer. And then when just like like don't dream it, be it. I'm just like. Ugh. Oh my god! I'm tears, like transcend. Tears. Yeah, no, literally, like you can't, yeah. you can't not tear up. Like yeah. you just can't. It's just so, it's just Perfect. so good. It, it, yeah, it is. Like I, I wish I was you, and like I saw it when I was a teenager, and oh, yeah, I just totally like saw, like life. I just literally saw, like him in the pool, just like saying, "Don't dream it, be it." I'd be like, "Fuck." It literally is. Like, I probably would not have gone on a mission. Like, I probably would have, like, come out and been like, fuck this. Yeah, it it changed the course of my life forever. And, like, I know that sounds dramatic, but that is true. No, it's it's really not. Rocky Horror definitely did that. So, yeah. Rocky Horror. Yeah, like, seriously, if I would have seen that when I was a teenager, I would have just, like, told my parents, like, hey, like, I'm gay. (laughs) They're like, fuck it. Don't dream it, be it, bitch. Then you start gaslighting them. They're like, why did you tell us? I'm like, don't dream it, be it. (laughs) And then I walk away. Yeah, you're like, what did you tell me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it was just so, so you good. you don't want me to don't dream it? And what if, when, when we've gone and see it at the Tower Theater, there's like 100 to 150 people. Probably, yeah. Maybe a little bit yeah. more. It'd be like 200 max. Maybe 200. Yeah, I would say 200, 200 people. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, it was easily 600 people. It was 600 to 700 people. And it was like, fuck. Like, there's a ton of people here just like screaming for for this movie. It was great. So, yeah. Uh, that was great. Um, we went out on. Oh my god, Channa! I have to send you videos. On yeah. Halloween night, on Halloween night, we went the to the street. Yeah, we went to the Harrison Street in oh. Boise, Idaho. No exaggeration. It it was a '90s film on Halloween. There were oh my god hundreds of people, nearly hundreds of people like walking around rich houses, rich Victorian, oh. like uh, craftsmen, farmstead oh, houses yeah. that were just decorated the shit out. It was incredible. It, we literally okay, walked. Picks yeah. Now. We literally walked. It took us an hour to walk down one side of the street and then to walk up the other side. Of the street. It was literally like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes to walk up and down the street. It was Holy crazy. Holy shit. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I was like, hey, like, Ben, are we like, are we could be okay being like two like adults just walking. And it yeah. was fine because there were just, there were other like groups of adults that were just like walking there. to enjoy Halloween. Like it was really that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Fuck, that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was my Halloween. It was great. What'd you do? Hell yeah. I watched tons of movies. Hell yeah. Pumpkins to Clue. And put Simone in a hot dog costume and s'mores in uh, a toast costume. I carved I carved pumpkins on Halloween Day before we went out to Halloween. Yeah, yeah, we carved in pump- uh, Halloween Day to Clue. It was a good Halloween. This week I've just been hustling and I started Cat's Cottage. So it's hell been yeah, a good week. Yeah, Say great. Ten out of ten week, huzzah! And on that note, everybody. Anyways, how's your sex life? Ooh. Bye, everybody. Bye. Happy Halloween blues. Happy Halloween, post-Halloween blues. Bye.